Happy Hump Day, everyone. Welcome back to the Brown Body Podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about this hot topic right now. Uh, It's this little thing called the coronavirus, and we're going to specifically talk about the responses different parts of the country are taking to it. So obviously, you're seeing a large increase in cases lately. I believe we're actually seeing the largest daily increase in COVID positive uh, cases and all that on a daily basis right now. And as a result, as you may have known, uh, different states and different things are going on right now where there's more regulations in some areas and less regulations in others. So we're going to do our best to give you an objective view of that. You know, should gyms be open? Should gyms be closed? Um, You know, is this governor doing this a good thing? Is it a bad thing? And I'm going to actually lay out the argument for both sides of the coin here. So again, trying to keep it middle ground, neutral. Now, I'm sure some of you are listening, you're saying, okay, this is kind of different than normal, Dan. Like, normally we're talking about health, fitness, biohacking, exercise. Why are we focusing so much on these hot topic issues in the country right now? Simply put, all of these things, whether you know it or not, impact your health. Being in a lockdown will impact your mental health. Being unable to access the grocery stores or farmer markets or gyms, this all impacts your health. So, again, you know, health is a multifaceted kind of thing. Um, Even spiritual health, you know, being unable to attend a church service or being unable to worship at a church service, all these things impact your health. Now, the question is, will limiting these things so you are less likely to get the virus, at least in theory, will doing these things be better for your health or worse for your health? And that's kind of what we're going to kind of try and weigh today. So I'm going to start off with Washington State because uh, the governor there, Governor Jay Inslee, or Inslee um, I apologize if I mispronounced his name, uh, just unleashed this whole slew of new restrictions in Washington State. Now, keep in mind, Washington State is in the northwest corner of the country, north of Oregon, just borders Canada. So they're pretty far north up there. So all of these restrictions they just put in place, they said, are, I'm reading off of MSN, uh, Microsoft News. Uh, so if you want this article that I'm reading, uh, it's called Washington Governor. Jay Inslee orders sweeping COVID restrictions. It's uh, published in Newsweek. It was written by Alexandra Garrett two days ago is when it was published. So this article reads, Inslee's restrictions will encompass nearly all aspects of life in the state in an effort to slow the spread of the virus. So they're calling the constraints essential for public health, but they're also the most extensive restrictions that have been passed. So under his order... Restaurants and bars will prohibit all indoor service. You can only go to a restaurant or a bar in the outdoor service or get takeout. So with that, outdoor service is limited to a maximum of five parties. So let's stop there for a second. Good thing. 
restaurants can still be open and still have some kind of business. Now think about it though. Does this make any sense? Just again, common sense. Does thinking about where Washington State is in the country, Northwest, thinking about the time of year it is, fall, winter kind of area. Do you think a lot of people are going to be eating outside during this time? So although I think maybe we should have done something to limit the um, spread, slow the spread here, that's our big thing, right? Um, I'm not sure if, you know, outdoor service in a super cold state in the middle of winter is a good idea. Um, Again, this is my opinion. And again, maybe you think differently, and that's okay. Because again, we're all different. We can all agree to disagree. And again, the positive I pointed out is they're uh, doing what they can to reduce the spread of the virus, okay, while still allowing a business to be open. So again, just giving you both sides of the coin here. So next, it says indoor gyms, fitness centers, movie theaters, bowling alleys, and museums must shut down completely. Okay, so gyms closed down. Let's stick with that for a second. Over in Chicago, there's actually a big group of doctors that have been calling politicians to keep the gym open. So this was from the Chicago uh, Medical Society. And if you're wondering, this was published... Um, You can just Google doctors calling for gyms to stay open as lawmakers call for more shutdowns. That's the title of this one. Uh, This looks like it's from, yep, it's Chicago's uh, local news, WGN 9. Um, And you can get this uh, Fox, CNN, they all kind of had it too. But essentially the Chicago Medical Society is telling their politicians not to close the gyms because, and I'm going to quote here, the risk is actually less in the gym than it is in your office space as far as air turnover. And then they said later on that it's even less your risk of getting sick in the gym than going to the supermarket. So what they're saying is the gyms are safer than going to the grocery store. And um, and the main reason I think that they're actually arguing for the gyms to be open is exercise and fitness, as we know, increases your immune system, your immunity. Uh, It gets your endorphins pumping. It's very good for your entire body. Um, I think early on we did a whole podcast episode about how exercise literally benefits every system in your body. Think about the coronavirus. It impacts many systems in your body. You know, they talked about it impacting your heart, your lungs, your mental health, all these different things. Exercise is good for all of these things. So the healthier you are, and if you're someone who's active and exercising, the better your ability to fight the virus will be. So this has been my big point that I've been trying to make this whole time is while wearing things like a mask or distancing yourself can be good to reduce the spread of the virus. Is this the end-all be-all ultimate answer? When we know people with 
different chronic diseases and other things such as obesity, diabetes, hypertension, uh, dyslipidemia, all these different things are at an increased risk for complications from the virus. And we know that all of them can be prevented or modified with lifestyle changes. So this is where things like exercise, healthy eating and nutrition, um, and taking care of yourself as a whole come into play. If you can keep your health in a good spot, then if you are exposed to something like a virus, your body is in a much better position to fight it. So one of the things I take away from the whole pandemic currently is just how poor the whole country's health really is. And I think we need more calls for people to get up, get active, and start moving around during this time. Because if we don't, this could all happen again within the next five to 10 years because our health will continue to get worse and worse. We know that viruses mutate very frequently. And, you know, when a virus mutates, it's new. We don't have much immunity against it. So if our health isn't good as a nation and we don't have the ability to fight off that virus very well, then what's going to happen? We're going to be here again. And I don't know about you, but I don't see lockdowns and limitations and masks and distancing being the full long-term solution for our country. So we talked about the indoor gyms, fitness centers. We touched on uh, Chicago there and what they're doing. Uh, One thing that I found interesting is the state of Washington also allows for outdoor workouts and outdoor gyms. So think about that. It's the middle of winter. We're not allowed to work out inside, but we can work out outside. The gym can hold outdoor stuff. I'm just, in my mind, I'm struggling how to picture this. Um, Are we going to wheel the treadmills out and, you know, shovel them off with the snow? Or like the snow obviously is not going to be good for a electric treadmill. Um, Are we going to have people lifting weights in the cold? Because although I'm all for cold exposure, I don't lift weights in the cold because cold muscles have a tendency to snap. This is why we focus on things like a warm-up before weightlifting, right? We don't go in and just pick up our one rep max and try and bench it. We warm up to it. We don't go in and load 500 pounds on a bar and start squatting it. We warm up to it. We work up to it. So think about that for a second. If we have more people that are going to be working out in the cold and working out as in like exercising in the cold, so they're going to have a harder time getting their body temperature up, increasing their tissue temperature, which is what they need to elicit adaptation. So if you can't do that, what's going to happen? You know, if you've ever, if you've never tried it, go outside in the cold or take a cold shower or whatever and try and do something physically exerting yourself other than running. Most people can run or do some kind of cardio in the cold because what are they doing? They're getting their heart rate up. They're getting a blood pump and they're warming up their body. But think about weightlifting. You go in, maybe your set takes 45 seconds, maybe a minute, okay? 
And then what? You rest for about a minute, minute and a half. So you're just kind of standing around, walking around, killing time, that sort of thing, letting your body recover, allowing your uh, phosphocreatine stores to replenish, which again, that's how you weight lift. That's how it, that's how it works. So with that, what effect is it, is standing around, sitting around like that in the cold going to have? So now instead of increasing tissue blood flow, you're going to decrease tissue blood flow because the cold is going to elicit vasoconstriction. Our body gets the signal with the cold to keep the blood centered around the vital organs in the brain. Keep what's important safe, right? So think about frostbite. You typically get frostbite in your extremities first. So your fingers, your toes, that sort of thing. So if you're out there in the cold, most of the time when you're lifting, you're moving your arms and your legs, your extremities. And these are the areas that lose circulation first because blood flows mostly to the core in the cold. So think about that. We're going to be trying to work and grow these muscles and uh, lift weights. Meanwhile, because of the cold and our lower body temperature, they're not going to be getting the blood supply and nutrients they need. And again, cold muscles have reduced compliance. We know that. If you want to enhance plasticity of the muscles, so their ability to move and adapt to changes like uh, stretch or a load uh, with the lifting or whatever, you want them to be warmer. So keep that in mind. Uh, moving on here through this article on the Washington governor. Um, so we're going to limit retail and grocery stores capacity to 25%. And um, malls cannot, malls have to shut down their food court uh, seating. So good thing they're allowing retail stores, grocery stores, everything can remain open. That's a good thing. But my question is, where did we get the 25% number from? I I just, I, I agree that maybe we shouldn't have like, you know, a thousand, two thousand people in the local Walmart line on a Black Friday or something like that. But I'm just wondering where we got the 25% number from. Did we, it doesn't say, are there studies? Is there research? Is there evidence and science that backs this number? Or would we be able to get away with 33%? Would 50% be okay? I don't know. I don't have the answer to this. I just don't know and I don't understand where the 25% came from. I agree. Maybe we don't need 100% capacity in all these places right now. You know, we don't need to pack the local clothing store with five, 600 people for the Black Friday deals. I'm just wondering where the number came from and if you know please let me know um because as you know I run a small business and from a business standpoint I know that the more sales you can get the better off you're going to be so you know maybe flipping that number from 25% to 33% if that's five extra people I can get in my store and sell something I'm going to take that every day because that's more money in my pocket. And the more money I have in my pocket, the more money the government will get because of taxes. The more money you make, the more you pay in taxes. At least that's typically how our progressive tax system works. So 
with that um, services, including barbershops and salons, are open but limited to 25% capacity. Again, I think this is a great thing. They're open. Before we had total lockdown, total shutdown, and people were going nuts because they couldn't get a haircut. So now they're allowed to be open. It's a reduced capacity, but they're open. Again, my question is, where did we get the number from? I don't know if there's studies or science or evidence. I have not seen anything that backs the 25% number as the number to go with. And if you have, please, again, let me know. But I just don't understand where we're getting this number from. Um, so with that, offices are also mandating employees work from home and uh, any public workspace or public office, well, any kind of office like that is limited to 25% and is closed to the public. So basically, if you are going into work, you have to wear a mask. It's limited uh, to the amount of people that can go in. Um, one thing I don't see in here is schools. Uh, here it says schools are operating primarily remotely right now. And um, with that, obviously, there's goods and bads to that, you know, just kind of balancing the online learning with the in-person learning. I think a lot of skills, especially in colleges, like physical therapy is obviously my major. It's kind of hard to learn different things remotely. A lot of stuff you should be in person for because there's a lot of hands-on things. And obviously, you're not going to be assessed on your ability to do something based on how it looks like you're doing it because the amount of pressure you apply through your hands and how you do things could actually be very, very different. So um, with that, we've got religious services are allowed. Um, however, you can only have 25% capacity inside and wedding and funeral ceremonies are limited to 30 people and you cannot have a wedding reception and this all went into effect uh eleven fifty nine monday um except for a restaurant and bars that went in place tuesday um so again there's a lot of these little rules and nuances and all these different things here's my question as kind of a recap on everything we just talked about and again this is just washington state is this the answer do people need someone looking over them, telling them how to live their lives? I understand that this uh, virus is a big deal, and a lot of people have lost their lives because of it. But think of how old you, most people are, average age of Americans. Think about how many adults we have in this country, hundreds of millions of adults. Do they really need someone telling them when they're sick, don't go out? Do we really need someone saying, because of the virus, we have to reduce our capacity here? Like, this just seems like common sense to me. Like, if you're sick, don't go out and go to a party. If you're not feeling well, don't go to the grocery store. Maybe have someone else pick up your groceries for you. If you're looking at Black Friday shopping, Maybe instead of going out this year, you should shop online because the less people you have out there, the less likely you are to obviously get exposed to the virus. This all seems like common sense stuff to me. And 
I don't want to get into this too much, but there's a lot of people who have said um, about how, like, you know, you see these protests and things on TV and the journalists and the news sources eat it up. So whether it's President Trump or Mr. Biden, whoever we're talking about here, their supporters have had rallies, whether it be, you know, before the election, after the election, whatever. There have been large gatherings of thousands and thousands of people where distancing does not occur. And some people wear masks and some people don't. Simple as that. And the news, and this is across the board, Fox, CNN, whoever, they always portray this as a good thing, right? Look at all these people. They're out there voicing their opinion, making themselves heard. Okay, so basically they just broke all the laws, rules, and regulations we had on virus limitations, and we're saying this is a good thing. Meanwhile, we're tightening our restrictions on everyone else. So let's think about that for a second. We are essentially creating a lawlessness kind of approach in the society. So we are applauding the people and showing the people who broke the rules in a good light, while at the same time clamping down more restrictions on the people who have been following the orders. So think about that. If you reward people, positive reinforcement, for doing the wrong thing, and you penalize people who are following the rules and doing the right thing, what do you think is going to happen? People are going to realize if I do the wrong thing, I can do whatever I want. Think about that. If it says, okay, occupancy is limited to 25%, is there a occupancy limit to any of these protests and rallies and that sort of thing going on? I don't think so. They've just continued to gather in increasingly large numbers, thousands and thousands. And again, I'm not pointing the finger at one party here because both have done it. Left has done it. The right has done it. So just think about these things with an open mind and use a little common sense here. Does any of this make sense? Or um, kind of switching over to uh, Pennsylvania now, because this is my home state. Um, with that, there's limitations on Thanksgiving. And I think uh, Washington had this too. I think they said Washington State said to cancel Thanksgiving. Um, but in Pennsylvania, our governor has actually informed us that if you are inside your own house, if anyone from outside your house comes in, you must be wearing a mask. Okay? Both you and the person. Even if you can distance, you must wear a mask. Uh, they're telling you all these different limitations on the amount of people you can have at Thanksgiving and all these different things. Now again, common sense. We're living during a pandemic. Okay? Living during a pandemic. And some people, when they gather for Thanksgiving, have these huge celebrations. I've seen close to 100 people before from all over the place. If you use a little common sense, you might think, okay, maybe it's not a great idea for us all to gather. Maybe we should just kind of split it up a little bit more. Okay? Do we really need someone 
telling us over our shoulder, this is what you can do and this is what you can't do within your own house. If you're having someone else over, you have to wear a mask. All these different things. And the reason I'm bringing these up, and again, I'm doing my best to stay objective here. And if I'm not doing a good enough job, please let me know. But when, think about mental health. When you're constantly being told this is what you can do and this is what you cannot do. How does that feel? Most people do not like being told that they should not do something. Think about kids. You tell them, oh, no, don't do that. Don't do that. What do they do? They go and do it, right? So think about that. We're telling people, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. But we're making it so extreme and so radical that we're limiting every little part of people's lives. And again, this is across the board. This is the left and the right, all of the politicians. There's a lot of limitations being put in place on people's lives. When America was founded on the principles of freedom, being able to live your life how you want. And this is concerning because people no longer think for themselves. And one of my goals with this podcast, at least the past couple of weeks, has been to get you to open your mind and expand your horizons. People go about life, they can't even formulate their own opinions anymore. They get told what to think and what to believe by the news. They don't go after the facts of the matter. They don't go after the neutral thing. They don't think about things for themselves. They just see, oh, you know, we saw on the news no more indoor parties. And that seems like a good thing because we need to reduce the virus numbers. Again, I am all for doing what we can to reduce the virus numbers. But again, we have to use a little bit of common sense. And maybe this goes on to the people not being responsible enough. Personally, I think people as a country, I think we have the ability to be responsible on our own and get these numbers down. The question is, will we? And a lot of people don't want to take that risk. And that's why you're seeing all these different regulations and rules and all these different extreme things being taken place. I think, again, my opinion, I think had these numbers not have increased like they are now, none of this would be happening right now, right? So because we saw such a spike, people, the politicians said, okay, the people clearly cannot handle themselves right now. We need to rein them back in and we need to get them under control. We need more rules and laws and regulations on what you can and can't do. And again, with that, it's hard for a lot of us mentally to follow these things when we see on the news people getting rewarded and praised for breaking the rules and breaking the regulations and going against the grain. So, you know, we say don't gather in large numbers. And then you look on the news and people are gathered in large numbers and we're portraying it in a positive light. And I know I'm probably being a little repetitive on that right now, but I'm just really trying to drive that point home that anytime you have positive reinforcement and you're reinforcing the wrong behavior, you're typically going to get more people doing the wrong thing. And again, this all ties into the health and the fitness of our nation. 
the health of any individual is broken down into social, physical, intellectual, cognitive, emotional, and uh, I think I said social before, so the last one would be spiritual. So think about that. If you're in a lockdown mode and you're very limited in your ability to go places and do things, how does that impact your mental health? If you're not getting out and moving around and doing things like you used to, how is that going to impact your physical health? How has your cognitive and intellectual health been impacted by being stuck at home? Are you still going out and engaging like you normally would? Maybe you go to Trivia Tuesdays before and you haven't done that as much anymore. How about emotional health? Have you felt uneasy, upset, angry? How have you felt during all of this? How do you feel when you're being told by different politicians, you know, you can't have more than this amount of people at Thanksgiving. At the same time, they're praising the people who are out there marching for, again, insert anything here. They're marching for President Trump. They're marching for Mr. Biden. They're marching for Black Lives Matter. They're, mar- they're marching for defund the police. They're marching for back the blue. Whatever. It doesn't matter what side of the coin you're looking at here. People were doing things that they were told not to do, and it's being rewarded. So how does that impact you intellectually, cognitively, mentally, emotionally, socially? How has your social life been impacted uh, by all of these different things. Personally, mine's taken a big hit. I just came home this week. I'm home and I'm not around people as much as I normally am. I'm not talking with people as much as, much as I normally do. I know people are going to say, oh, well, you know, you got, you can text people, you can call people on the phone, that sort of thing. That's not the same. It's not the same as sitting with someone having a face-to-face conversation. It's not the same as giving someone a hug or something like that, right? And I'm not saying that you should go out and hug people because, again, we're living in a pandemic. But just be open-minded and be aware of the impact all of these different things we've had going on are having on your health. Because ultimately, your health is your wealth. And again, if we start to slip in our health, Other um, viruses and basically other pathogens and antigens have an increased uh, ability to cause another pandemic. Again, the stronger your health and the stronger your immune system, the lower your risk is or the better your ability is to fight off infections. And because of the the, uh, country's health being so poor, again... Look at the obesity trends. Look at all these different trends here. Like the this virus we have right now, and again, the news has compared it to the flu over and over and over again. It's caused a whole shutdown, economic shutdown, daily life shutdown for almost a year now. Like just think about how crazy it is. Think about what life would have been like if we did this for Ebola, swine flu, uh, SARS. There's so many other things we've had in the past. Think about if we responded like this to every single one of them. Now think about what we might have to do moving forward. Will we have to lock down anytime we get something new like that? Will we have to 
distance ourselves and wear masks and all these different things. Early on, one of the news sources, I think it was CNN and a couple others, um, I'll need to double check that, but they were telling people when you're having sex, you need to wear a mask. Like, think about this. This is the level of control that they are exerting over you. And again, this is across the board. Everyone. Everyone needs to wake up. You are in America. This is the land of the free. Or at least that was what the country was founded on. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And right now, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness are being taken away from you because of the pandemic. Now, again, some you have to balance how much you're willing to give up and how much you're willing to keep. And ultimately, I think this needs to be an individual choice and not something that is forced and mandated upon you. If you feel like you need to take full advantage of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, so whether that's being able to go out to eat, go out, watch a movie, go to the gym, whatever, uh, grocery store, whatever, Black Friday shopping, then I think you should be allowed to do that. While at the same time, if you don't want to do any of that, you should also be allowed a avenue to do that. Because again, freedom, freedom to choose, freedom to live your life how you want to live. So again, these are all just thoughts, topics, opinions. Um, I tried to base it all off of stuff that you're seeing, factual stuff from the news. So like, okay, Washington says this about their gyms. Chicago says this. This is factual. This is stuff that was not skewed one way or the other. You know, I don't know how you can skew that one state announced that they're closing gyms and another state said that they don't want to. I can't skew that. Like, there's no possible way. Um, And I hope I was objective and middle ground enough throughout all of this. But I think the biggest takeaway from this that you should feel is you should feel a little fired up about the level of control that has been exerted over people for the past nine, ten months because of the virus. And again, I'm not saying that all of that is a bad thing because again, We do need to take measures to keep people safe. We do need to do things to reduce the risk of the virus spread. But you have to keep in mind, you can't have this level of control exerted on you for your entire life moving forward. Because that kind of undermines the principle that America was founded on. America was founded on freedom. Um, And you've probably read different uh, books in the past there, like uh, I was... Animal Farm, I think we read in uh, public school, actually. I think that was like a middle school or high school read. And uh, one of the premises in Animal Farm was, you know, the pigs kind of took over the farm and they were in control, telling people how they lived their lives, that sort of thing. And the book kind of picked fun at it because, you know, the animals were all miserable, right? And if you didn't read the book before, uh, this probably doesn't make sense to you, but I highly recommend reading it. It's a quick read. Uh, But that's essentially what we're looking at here. You know, people are telling you how to live your life and you're just kind of following along with it. And again, I'm not saying that's a bad thing because, again, we are living in a pandemic and we need to do things to 
control and slow the spread and all that. But at the same time, it can't continue long term. I personally am going to say that I cannot stay, you know, locked down in my house and not going out to the gym and not going to the movies, not seeing friends, that sort of thing. I don't think I can do that for another year. Mentally, emotionally, socially, physically, I can't do that. And if you can, I applaud you. But I feel like most people are going to fall in the same boat that I am. You know, we need to get this under control. It needs to be under control yesterday. And we need to find a system, maybe like one of these other countries in Europe did, that allowed people to live their lives freely and accept the amount of risk they were willing to accept and take on and choose freely, be free thinking, and be fully autonomous in themselves. So, with that, that should, hopefully, unless something changes and my plan gets shifted, that should put an end to all these controversial, unpop- like uncomfortable, unpopular kind of topics about politics and all these different things going on in the country right now. I really don't like talking about this stuff. I am by no means the expert at talking about this stuff, but a lot of you have been kind of asking for it and saying different things about it that you want more thoughts and opinions on it. And I'm doing my best here to give you that middle ground just by saying, look, you know, this is what we're seeing, basically, objectively. And, you know, not saying one side of the parties is right, one side is wrong. I think ultimately both are kind of at fault here. So you can't kind of point the finger at one side. So I hope this episode was helpful. I hope all of our episodes have been helpful. And hopefully, again, pending uh, the impact of what happens in the next week or so, hopefully we return back to normal with some more um, centered kind of topics. But with that, thank you again, as always, for listening to the Brown Body Podcast. Thank you for your endless support and all the different love that you have shown us, whether it be in the form of likes, subscribing, comments, messages. I read everything. I take it all to heart, and I really appreciate it. So thank you again, and stay tuned for another episode of Motivation Monday coming in just a few short days. Take care. Have a good one.